Hey, Mark, mm-hmm. I've been saying for years that Ping help you play your best because that is exactly what they've done for me throughout my entire career. And now I've been having a look at the new Blueprint S and T irons, and boy, they are impressive. So much so that I've got the new Blueprint S irons in my bag at the moment. So what do you like about them so much? I mean, I've never seen you this excited about a golf club. Well, I could go through the specs, which are exceptional, but I won't. I will say, though, that if you're looking for more ball speed and if you want to lower your scores, if you want to mix and match and still look great, you should check them out because the new Blueprint S and T irons, they are definitely worth a look. Nice. Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting. It's week 12 of the golfing calendar. And what a week it's been. What a week. And there's two guys who are going to break it all down, kick it around, throw it up in the air, and maybe sit back with a Chardonnay. Now on the Talk Birdie to Me podcast, it's the Chardonnay sipping dynamic duo, Nico Hearn and Mark Allen. Are we going to have a bottle of wine next week? Whatever. Maybe we'll have a peanut. You like the Chardonnay, so well, don't see, you? People are going to worry about me because I'm doing one <laughs> podcast called A Couple of Blokes and A Couple of Beers. <laughs> and now you want to start drinking during this well. one as well. I'm a non-drinker. <laughs> oh, you I want you to know that. I'm on. a social drinker only. There's a biggest okay. pile of shite I've ever heard. Well, well, we do it in the evening, so it's fine. I mean, if we were doing it at lunchtime, I'd worry, but anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Talk Birdie to me, Nick. Good to see you. Uh, and we've got some great news because Gabby Ruffles, who we have had our fingers crossed for for a long, long time, ever since she won one US Amateur, almost won two or three foot putt, mm. cost her for winning back to back. But this is enormous, isn't it? People don't, I don't think people really understand the talent in this girl's little finger. It's crazy how talented she is in, in, in multiple sports. At an age of 12, she was Australia's number one, number one ranked junior tennis player. So that's not golf. bad, is it? And you're thinking, well, okay, I'm number one in tennis. No, I'll switch to golf. Yeah. Obviously has the brother Ryan, yeah. uh, who's a very famous name in Australian junior golf as well. Unfortunately, hasn't quite kicked on as yet. But Gabby, I tell you mm. what, after, what did she win? The 2019 US Amateur. Yeah. Had a nice stellar college career at Stanford. USC. I think oh, it was. I thought it was Stanford. Oh, but it could have been. I'll, well, we'll I'll look it up. check. We'll look it up. <laughs> we'll look it up, yeah. yeah. That's one of the things. But um, what a win for her. And especially given the history for her of the LPGA Tour over the past year, did you know what happened? No. No? You no. didn't know what happened? Okay, so last year she's played the Epson Tour, yeah. almost got her card, was like 15th going into the last event, yeah. top 10, get the card for the LPGA, missed out, was driving to the LPGA Q School, arrived there, and she's not on the registration list. Didn't what, enter. Management didn't enter or she didn't enter? Both. Both did not enter. So, unfortunately... What happened? She didn't play, obviously. <laughs> How have I missed that bit of news? <laughs> it's unbelievable oh what happened. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it comes down to the player. However, management should be on top of that sort of thing as well. But it's just one of those little uh, oversights, I guess you could say. So, in the end, she yeah. went to uh, Ladies European Tour qualifying yeah. school and got her card over there. But she's exempt on both tours, and obviously this win now gets her well underway to getting her LPGA card. Two of my favourite things about Gabby Ruffles that not many people know. They filmed her playing her first round of golf ever and the swing looked like it was a four handicapper (laughs) or a three handicapper in her first ever round of golf. Wow. But my favourite, her first ever tournament as a 15-year-old 
after only playing for a little bit. Hmm. She shot 75 at Victoria Golf Club. Are you kidding me? I am not joking. I am not joking. Wow. So I remember hearing about that sort of stuff because we were following Ryan really closely at that stage. Yes. And then, you know, mum and dad saying, yeah, Ryan's going pretty well, Mm. but look at this. And, you know, there was a little bit of footage. uh, Someone, you know, dad took it on the phone Mm. and just watching her hit, you know, short irons. The swing, you know was almost perfect it's, in her first ever round of golf. Yeah, it's very solid. Off the I, charts. I played with her at the Cathedral Invitational uh, before Christmas, yeah. recently started December, and I'd heard about her game and everything. I'd never seen an up close in person, but my goodness, it was impressive. So yeah. I've kept an eye on her since, and it's just great to see her making very good strides. Good on you, Gabby. Uh, we're watching, and uh, we're hoping our fingers are crossed now. David Michaluzzi wins in the New South Wales mm. Open. Well done. And oh. clinches the Order of Merits. Now, tell us what comes with the <laughs> Order of Merit, Nick? Well, first and foremost gets you the – well, if you win the Order of Merit, it gets into the Open Championship, which is at Royal Liverpool, Royal Liverpool. This, this year. That's right. And then, obviously, the top three players on the Order of Merit get their DP World Tour cards for the 2023-24 season. So he's mm. got that wrapped up right now. So has Brendan Jones, who's mm. sitting in second place. However, Brendan needs to play one more event. He's only played three and you must play four. So I'm assuming he's going to play the we'll National. We'll see at the National. Exactly. The third spot's the big one. That's up for grabs. Right now, it's Tom Power Horn, who sits in third place uh, ahead of, I think it's Andrew Martin and Michael Hendry. That's right. And it's up to those three guys. Only one of those three can take the third spot. Do they need a win at the National or just a good finish? We'll have to find out. <laughs> well, there's various scenarios. One of those... Well, win or get them to third of those well, three guys. Yeah. Out of those three, yeah. yeah. And, and then the others have to finish a certain place, et cetera, et cetera. But Michaluzzi, what a performance. I mean... Cade McBride leading by three going into the final round. Yes. And Dave Michaluzzi does what he does. He has that final round. Yep. I mean, He's remember the one he shot at uh, where Sydney, was it? TPS Sydney. TPS Sydney, 10 under 61 to yep. win there by four. And he, what did he shoot uh, over the weekend? It was something like um, 66 I think, yep. or 65, six under. Yeah, six under. Uh, and what did you make of the young fellas 18th hole? So he's 20 under par, tied with Michaluzzi. Mm. He hits a drive down the left and he can't even really lay up properly because of where the pin placement was. So it's a beautiful pin mm. placement. So even if you hit a left, you've got to somehow hit a big hook, get on the left-hand side of the fairway so you can get some kind of angle. But he couldn't hook it enough either, could mm. he? No, exactly. He, the tee shot actually he ripped. It looked as though Cade McRae hit a beautiful drive, but he was five yards too far mm. to the left. So... Tom Power Horham was on a similar line to him. He tried to get that left-hand angle, hook it around, but he hit it in the water. So I after seeing that. that, he's thinking, okay, i got to make sure I stay right. But the mistake came on the wedge into the green. Because where that pin was, it was really – it's a, hmm. it's an amber, maybe it's a red light pin. You just don't go at it. And he took it on, unfortunately caught the bunker, and uh, he couldn't get it up and down and ended up making double, which didn't make much of a difference. But, again, Michaluzzi, the way he came home, he played hmm. the smart shot in on that 18th hmm. hole. As you saw him playing, he went long. 20 feet and gave the birdie putt a good run, but um, he was sitting in the clubhouse when Cade was finishing. Can I just say well done to New South Wales Golf, Golf New South Wales, mm. for putting on a big tournament. I mean, it was $72,000 for first place. That's a big tournament for a smaller event, you know, one that's not, you know, hasn't got Australia in front of it. It's not the Australian Masters, not the Australian PGA, not the Australian Open. It's New South Wales Open, they got $400,000 mm. up. I thought that was a mighty effort. 
Yeah. So well done to them. Well, there's a lot of history to it. The Kelnagel Cup is, yeah. goes to the winner. So he's one of the legends of the game. Rich River Country Club or Golf Club, they did a fantastic job. It looked really good on television. And as you say, great stuff by Golf New South Wales. Uh, just so people know, uh, we do do bonus content every once in a while. Uh, we have tried to get in contact with David Michaluzzi. <laughs> But something tells me he's got a headache. Uh, so something, <laughs> something tells me he's not feeling so flash yeah. this afternoon. So, and pro- <laughs> probably that one of the reasons this is one of the uh, little statistics from it is he's the first player to win three times in a season mm. since Robert Allenby back in 2005. That's big, isn't it? Yeah, that that's is really big. Big for Australian golf. Yeah, that's really big. Yeah, well done, Mika. Uh, hopefully we can get you on uh, a little bit of bonus and that will come out there and when later in the week. Well, if we can get him, we'll, we'll get out as soon as we can, yeah. Mm. yeah. All right, so as soon as he sobers up, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's not like you, Max. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, David, if, you, if this goes back to you. And congratulations, magnificent. What about the Valspar? To me, mm. the PGA Tour the last week, uh, last 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 month, excuse me. Geez, the drama's been oh, it's fantastic. Great. It's been so good. Yeah. Taylor Moore wins this one. I think his best ever finish was an 11th. I think he's had 10 inside the top 25. It's his first season. Not much golf. But for him to shoot four under par the last 10 and knock off Spieth, and who was the other character? Uh, it was Adam Shank. Shank. How's that for a name oh. for a golfer? Oh. <laughs> Not Shank, but Shank. I think his friends call him Shank, though. Yeah. Well, there's been a few poor – there's been a few <laughs> – like Jeff Maggot was my favourite. <laughs> worst, worst ever name. I think – I think Jeff actually tried to call himself Jeff McGirt there McGirt. for a little while, but yeah. everyone just called him Jeff Maggot. It just, <laughs> it just didn't work for him. Uh, but Schenk, you know, he was half a chance. No, he was playing great. Uh, the bogey that uh, Spieth made at one stage. In 16. Was an incredible bogey. Mm. I, I happened to be in the car. Now, I've told you about this. Mm. If you get on the PGA Tour app and push video, if you're driving around, you get – you push the audio button. So push video, strangely enough, you'll see an audio button mm. after you've done that. Push that. If you're taking the kids to school or driving to work and you want to, don't want to miss the finish, PGA Tour Radio is just sensational. And they had him talking through what he was going to do when he made the bogey. So he, the lie wasn't any good. Mm. You could hear him talking to his caddy, and I've forgotten the caddy's name just for Grella. a second. Grell up. Anyway, so you're talking to him saying, no, no, I'm not going to hit a hybrid. Yep. It won't come out. Yep. I'm going to hit a nine iron. I just need to get in position and then I'm going to get up and down for a wedge with my wedge and make my bogey. Yep. And that's exactly what he did. It was just brilliant to listen to, but even better sitting in the car when he executed. <laughs> well, that's what world-class players do. And it was the first leg of what they call the snake pit there. Have you been to this no, golf course? Never, okay. never I've been played there. this tournament several times. So is it 15, 16, 17, 18? Uh, or is it just 16 through 18. 16 so 16 they call moccasins, seven and 17 is a par three they call the rattler, and then 18 is the copperhead. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's the snake pit <laughs> for the three holes. You know, I love that. At the National, at the Honda, they have, uh, what is it called, the, the, the bear trap? trap, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. with those holes around yeah. the water. This one they call the snake pit. But it is three of the most brutal finishing holes in golf. Very tough tee shot on 16 because you got water all the way down the yeah. right for a right-hander. Left-hander, it's not too bad, but 17 and 18, they are so tough, those holes. And and the way Taylor Moore finished, I mean, you told me a stat earlier. What did he make? 64 64 out of, of 64 putts inside seven feet for the week. That is mm. crazy. And yeah. that's must-make putts towards the end, especially if he one yeah. putted the last four greens. And, and the putt on the last, that six-footer up the hill to post the clubhouse lead, incredible. Now, uh, 
Um, I always talk about this, but you are the only person in the whole world who beat Tiger Woods twice in, <laughs> in match play. But I, 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 I know the story, and there was a couple of must-make putts. So can you please, for your <laughs> for your masterclass today, because it's your turn, can you give us oh, something yeah. on must-make pressure putts I will. for your top five? Absolutely. Right, that'd and, be good. and there is a secret to how you do that. I'll talk about that a little bit later. All right. So... Uh, our mate uh, Taylor Moore, he one putts the last four holes as well. So he birdies fifteen and sixteen on the seventeen. He hit that beautiful bunker shot. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know when you as a pro, you've got the short bunker shots on an upslope. You can't really get them to spin if the greens are firm. But there is this perfect distance that's about forty feet, I reckon, <laughs> maybe forty-five feet, where it's not technically a long bunker shot, which is a little bit harder to hit. But you know you're going to spin it. Mm. And I reckon when Taylor got to that one and it was just a slight upslope, um, the ball was going to land on an upslope as well. I reckon he could just feel if you hit this correctly, it's going to stop. Yeah. And it stopped perfectly. So he birdied 15, birdied 16, hits that bunker shot and holds another one. And then at 18, hits a drive left, gets it on the front of the green, but it rolls off. Yep. He, he hits a putt. But he ended up with a five-and-a-half-footer. And that five-and-a-half-footer, he looked so confident. The stroke was so perfect. Yep. And I really want you to tell us a little bit mm, later. I will. About how to do that sort of stuff because it was so impressive. To my eye, I sat back and I was just, you know, salivating mm. at the, the, <laughs> how courageous this kid is, you know, because uh, you win one, you're into the Masters. In the Masters, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's in your back pocket. I mean – I know this is me, right? This is me. This is why I never won a tournament probably. <laughs> but I would have been thinking about winning this thing nine holes to go. <laughs> I would have been thinking about, you know, my winning speech. I would have been thinking about the money. I would have been thinking about who I'm going to help with a little bit with the cash. The car you're going to win. Uh, the car I'm going to buy. But I would have been thinking about the Masters as well and that would have been on top of the list. But to be able to just separate, separate mm. that to me, I think is one of the great arts of high-level professional golf. Oh, I totally agree. And there, there is a skill and you almost have to learn to do it. I mean, I did the same thing when I had a three-foot putt to win the Australian BGA. <laughs> I was thinking about my victory speech. <laughs> I, I, forgot to, I forgot about hitting it in dead centre. I was thinking, oh, what am I going to say after this round? But anyway, luckily, in the next playoff hole, I thought about trying to hold the putt rather than about the speech and, and went on to win, which was great. But uh, Adam Schenk, it's it shows the vagaries of golf as well because Taylor Moore hits his drive left on 18, gets a nice lie, Schenk hits it over there. It's yeah. hard to say shank without saying shank. shank. Shanky. Shank hits it left and he gets up against the tree and all of a sudden has to play a left-handed shot. I how mean, good was his left-handed swing? Did you see that how was good. disappointed he was when he got to the ball? The yeah. hands went on yeah. the knees, the head went down. He hit it like, too good. And then he hit a great shot and, yeah. he, and he, gave it a, he gave it a grow, which was incredible. But he's that's actually his 10th tournament in a row, Adam Shank. Ten, Ten in weeks a row. in a row. Yes, because his wife's going to have a baby in about six weeks and he's trying to play as yeah. much as he possibly can to get his uh, FedEx Cup ranking up. And he's doing really well, obviously. Yeah, okay. So. Um, just quickly, uh, this is a judgment call. His putt hit the flag, but it wasn't middle stump. It if was it never hits, going in. If it hit middle stump, I no. don't reckon it would have gone in either. 
Well, it could have ever hit middle stump, but if the flag was out, for instance, uh, it, it was never going wouldn't in. Wouldn't have even mattered, uh, yeah. yeah. I, reckon, I reckon it would have been rebound. I think it was going that hard. Yeah, I know. But the other thing, a couple of Aussies that did play that event, good to see Cameron Percy play well, finishing a tie for 16th, just very solid. And this golf course. He always plays well at these obscure yeah. kind of finishes where you don't even see him for the week, and then mm. you check the leaderboard, and there's Cameron Percy at 16th. That's what he does. Well, he's a very good ball stroke in this, call, this golf course. If you, winning score, 10 under, and on the PGA Tour, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. You have to strike the ball really well. The other one to make the cut from the Aussies was Harrison Endicott, but he was well down the list. But mm. hats off to Taylor Moore. He's going to Augusta. Yeah, good on him. Mm. Um, let's talk about Liv because I thought there was going to be a huge mm. headline. Check the scores on Sunday night and have a look. I hadn't been following it. Mark Leishman at the top of the leaderboard with a two-shot lead. I'm thinking, here we go, Leish. You're going to pocket an extra yeah. $4 million US dollars here, and if your team goes all right, even more. Maybe he was thinking how you do normally. And <laughs> he went tumbling down the leaderboard, unfortunately. <laughs> what Law Murray is going to buy next with the $4 million bucks. Uh, uh, There was so much action at the PGA Tour event, so once it finished, I thought, oh, Mark Leishman, let's check. Mm. 77. Yeah, it was a shocker. 77. Yeah, he, got, he no. was over the card early and it just never looked good for him. Wasn't that unbelievable? Um, and uh, look, uh, I, I put down here uh, all the oh, – some of the some of the finishes uh, and, you know, there's a lot – they were battling, weren't mm. they? I yeah. mean, as far as a tournament goes that they really want the big um, names. Big names going well. Dustin Johnson tied 13. Patrick Reed tied 18. Cameron Smith tied 24. Brooks Kepka tied 24. Phil Mickelson tied 30. Bryson DeChambeau tied 44. Now, this is just a 48-man field. Mm. They couldn't have had a worse week, really, for stars that they that they need yes. at the top. And so he's, this, this is the one thing about Liv. I couldn't change the channel of the PGA Tour because of all the different things that were going on. First yep. time winners. Storylines, yeah. Spieth, can he win again? Um, watching this Schenk guy with a shocking name try to, <laughs> you know, there was, there was a stack happening. Tommy Fleetwood trying to win for the first time. He's going to win soon, by the way. He's oh, swinging he, so good it's now, not funny. One for the win for the first time in the US. This is a big bug about the European golfers over there. They've won plenty of times yeah. over in Europe and that, I just want to, you know, sort of Thank shout you. out to my European followers, if I, you know, all two of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. But he's going to – I mean, he's putting as well as I've ever seen. Just quickly had a look at the stats. Again, the PGA Tour app is just brilliant for this sort of stuff. Uh, you, you, you'd reckon at that golf course, I would reckon anyway, that basically the best hitters are going to win. Hmm. And when you look at the Tita Green stat, yes, Taylor Moore, number two for the week. But what was really easy for me to look at and say, well, I wasn't expecting that, was uh, uh, what they call the getting up and down stat. The oh, the scrambling. Scrambling. Hmm. The scrambling, the top five players were basically one, two, three, four, yep. and five at that tournament that week yep. because of the – Surrounds, I guess, because of the bunkers uh, Such a and, tough and everything else. From Tita Green, yeah, yeah. So, sure. I mean, it just shows you if you want to be a tournament winner on a PGA Tour, not only do you have to hit the ball like a god, you better be scrambling, otherwise you are going to be left for oh, dead. Yeah. Yep. Left for dead. Mm -hmm. Forget about it. And and when I looked at it, like it's you know it's only twenty four of thirty six. 
So it's only like 66%, 70%. Yep. But that's still, if you get up now 70% of the time on that PGA Tour at a course like Copperhead, yep. then you're going to be one, two, three, four, or you're five be up there, yeah. for scrambling. So yeah, that's one of the most important stats, I think, each week is those scrambling stats. But getting back to the uh, unfortunate demise of Mark Leishman yes. on, on the Live Golf event, yes. uh, there was a three-way playoff between, who was it? It was uh, Danny, Danny Lee. Lee. Danny Lee won yeah. over Carlos Ortiz yes. and Brendan Steele. Yeah. So one thing I was fascinated, because I was keeping an eye on the scores mm. and I was waiting for this to happen because I was watching – Hang on, Carlos Ortiz, he's like seven under right now. He's going to finish on the 14th hole. What happens if he wins and he's out on 14 yeah. and everyone's waiting on 18? That's one of the yeah. things about Liv, which I don't know how they can tweak that. So well, shotgun they, starts, that's the issue, they isn't can't it, in that tweak regard? That. Yeah, they can't but, tweak um, that. So uh, th- that's the thing. Someone like you know, a DJ, mm. if he is, say, seven shots behind, and seven shots behind is makeable if you can shoot a – Nine under, yeah, say, sure. Or if you Brooks on, <laughs> yeah, if you can do a Michelosi. If if Brooks is hitting off thirteen and finishing on twelve, I've I mean, got an issue. You've got a really big issue. Mm, so yeah. I, I don't know what they do. I, I've been to some shotgun starts where what they do, and I think they should adopt this in live. This is my idea. Right. Okay. So you don't have players start on every hole. Well, that's what they are doing there. As in they're, they're, they're starting people, multiple groups off one. Off one, are they? They, they do that. Okay. Yes. Well, they do two or three that. groups yeah. off one. and then They need four or five. Yeah. They need four or five and then that so way – it's not technically a shotgun. Stick. Yeah. It is, but it isn't. Yeah. But that, that way you've got no one on 18, 17, 16, mm. 15, 14 and that way okay. hopefully we've got some storyline for the grandstands. Yes. You've got to have that. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Anyway, credit to Danny Lee, $4 million going into his bank account for the New Zealander. So well done. Uh, Ernie Els, can I just say well done? I watched a little bit of the Champions Tournament. Yeah, it's his third win, I think, uh, in the Champions. Uh, yes, that's right. Missed a little one on 15, hold a long one on 16, then hold another long one on 18. Mm. So got it back. Um, well done. It's fun watching sometimes when – uh, Freddie Couples is playing. Oh, yeah. I just can't take my eyes off that golf swing. Freddie's brilliant. It is yeah, so good to watch. And he was also in the news for a couple of other things as well uh, this past week. I don't no, know if yeah. you saw him where he was saying. He's a good uh, tweeter. Yeah, he's a great tweeter. I think he did some sort of a, a, a talk for someone and, and he said. A breakfast. One of the things he said, this was quite good actually, giving Phil Mickelson $200 million at age 52 to shoot 74, 75. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And then he did say, well. And then there's these other clowns like Sergio. Just go to live and stop blasting something I've been a part of for 42 years. So that's going to be an interesting yeah. uh, Masters dinner coming up because they're all going to be there. Oh, that's right. Sitting around the table at the Masters. That's right. So Freddie. Who, who are they going to sit between Sergio, Mickelson and – Mickelson. Yeah, it'll be Scheffler. <laughs> They'll all be there. Bubba. Bubba. He's, he's another one. He's Schwartzel. Another, yeah, Schwartzel. there is a few guys. So it'll be an interesting dinner. Oh, I reckon, so. Yeah, you know what? I reckon that there's something like that. Nothing gets said. I reckon you'd sit Sergio next yeah. to Fred and they'd shake hands. They'd have I'm a great sure. day. They'd eat whatever Scotty's yeah. got. What's he got? Has he got fish tacos uh, or something going yeah, on? Yeah, no, he's got an something interesting – Something crazy. It's a Texas meal. It was out on uh, It was out on social media the other day. I'll have to uh, – I know. It's a cookie I'll, for I'll dessert. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. It's, Some ooh, kind of it cookie. Like a, it was like a warm Seriously? white chocolate cookie. Yeah, something whatever like that. Whatever happened to creme brulee for uh, a dessert, mate? The greatest dessert know. in the history yeah. of the world. A cookie what? for dessert. They've got a cookie <laughs> for dessert. But on that Champions Tour thing, uh, yeah. Bernard Langer, he was trying to get his 46th win, which would have been the most wins amongst anyone on the senior 
his tour. He's Past tied Hale with, tied with Hale Irwin yeah. at the moment. And I know we spoke about this a little bit earlier on the on yeah. the putting green when we were just hitting a few putts. Um, the anchoring. It's a bit of an issue. Well, he's, he's in my view, he's cheating. Mm. Mm. And he's not getting picked up. Now, I don't think that's Bernard Langer's fault. I think that's the champion tour's fault. You've got to actually ping somebody. Scotty McCarron was doing it too. He, he, he had a good last round and I watched his last putt. There is no doubt in the whole world yeah. that these guys are doing the wrong thing. And you looked something up for me, didn't oh, you? I did because I thought, well, you can anchor your forearm. No, you can't. You can't have any part of your body anchored there because yeah. that's what he does. He basically anchors the, fore, forearm. the forearm. The The hand looks as though it's away from the chest. Correct. But if you watch where the forearm it's pushing up into the shirt yeah. and you can see it. Now, the way the rule is written, this is the issue. Right here. The way the rule is written is if you don't intend to anchor, <laughs> then it's not anchoring. So you, can, so you can say, Bernard, look, we think you're anchoring. Oh, sorry, I might have been, but I didn't intend yeah, to. that's right. I mean, that's garbage. So it's garbage. Wrong. So absolute it's absolutely garbage. wrong. And, you know, the old saying, don't piss on a monument. Mm. Bernard Lang is a monument. I mean, he's a, oh, he's a superstar, legend. legendary, Hall of Fame, two-time Masters champion, Ryder Cup captain at one stage, I'm pretty sure, Ryder Cup star. Yep. He's a star. Yep. He's about to win more tournaments than anyone else, and he's shooting his age every second time he plays. He he's 64 years old. This first round, 64. Yeah, 64. But somebody's got to have enough guts to go, <laughs> Bernie, you're cheating. We need to have a chat. We need to have a chat. We need to have a chat. Good luck to that rules official to say oh, that it's to, uh, it's to Bernard, happen. that's for it's, sure. It's, it's got to happen at some stage. Well, well I mean, <laughs> and, and and to be honest, the easiest, and I, look, I used a long putter, so yeah. I, you know, the reason I went to the short putter is because I didn't like unanchoring. Yeah. Uh, the easiest way to solve all this, I think, with the anchoring or whatever, is to make the putter the shortest club in the bag. Yeah. Very simple. And then use it however you want. Well, you know what? I'm with you. And I never, <laughs> I never wanted to be the shortest club in the bag because I always thought, you know, if you want a long putter yeah. and you're going to use it correctly. But see, what I would, what I would do. I'm talking about pros right here. Yeah. Okay. Now this is now we're getting into bifurcating the rules, right? So if, if okay. you're a handicap player, I think you can anchor. Mm. Do you know why? Because if you anchor and your handicap's 15, well, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't anchor. And your handicap might go out to 18, but you still got a handicap. So it actually does not matter for handicap comp. So I think amateurs should be. Um, but as far as pros, I think to make it easy, the putter's the shortest club in the bag. Yep. If it's not, you've got to get your putting technique checked out and ticked off. Mm. That's it. Okay. That's that, that's okay. all I would do. So some yeah. yes, I see some of these really long putters. There was a guy, I don't even know who it was, playing at Copperhead, and he had a really long putter. Now, that might have been half an inch longer than his lob wedge. It might have been. But to my eye, there was nothing wrong with the way what he was doing. Right. So if that's ticked, if, if your putter shorter, is the shortest club in the bag, it's no issue. If, the, if it's not... Then you just need your technique ticked okay. off. Yeah. That, that's what I would do. Just, just a, as long as you look like you're putting <laughs> and you're not hankering. <laughs> yeah, fair call. But it gets down into this bifurcation of the rules, all that sort of stuff. I mean, we, we spoke about the rollback of the ball last week mm. and things like. To be honest, for 99 percent of the people out there, it's not going to make any difference. Yeah. And I don't really care if amateurs or yeah. whoever use, uses the, the the ball that we're currently using. It's just one of those things. I think they should have rules for pros, rules for everyone else. Now, listen, we're on the ninth green. We're okay. about to go Sorry. and get a little sausage roll and a coffee <laughs> or. You You'll probably have another glass of wine the way you're going. I didn't moment. bring one today, unfortunately. Yeah, the, I, I should have next week. The way you're going. Might but have a Pinot next week. just on the ball, Go on. I've got a little bit of news from the LPGA and what they are talking about. Okay. So I'll read out what they are saying on the 10th tee. Love it. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, it's the Ox here. Right now, you're listening to Talk Birdie to me with my mate, Marco, and my better mate, Nick O'Hearn. If you haven't given Marco's other podcast a listen yet, it's a ripper. It's called A Couple of Blokes, and it's basically Marco and I having a yak, mucking around and having a bit of fun. So when you've listened to this episode of Talk Birdie to me, just search A Couple of Blokes and you'll find us there. We'll be waiting for you. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties mm. as well. And plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> you're listening to the Talk Birdie Jimmy podcast with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. If you're enjoying the pod, share it with a friend and help spread the word. All right, just before you get your driver out and smash one down the 10th here, did you see... That snake that Mark Leishman walked past in the live event. Oh, oh no! I, well, I saw a picture of it. Unbelievable! Mate, it was like an African anaconda <laughs> or something. You see how big the thing was? It might have swallowed a dog. It was that big. So this was the golf course where I played the match play at when I beat Tiger. By the way, I never saw any snakes we, we, out there. Which time? Luckily. Which, which, which time? Which time was it, Nick? Sorry, it, it was the second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, it's enormous, though, wasn't it? Oh, incredible! That would scare. Oh. I walked out at King Snake. We had a blue tongue the other day. That scared hell out of me. It's just a little blue tongue lizard. Imagine walking past that thing. It should that thing should be in a zoo. Mm. You scared of a blue tongue lizard? I was very scared. Yes, oh, wow. <laughs> it gave me a fright. <laughs> oh, it just gave me a fright. They need, now, a, they need a local rule if it curls up around your ball too. I reckon so. Yeah, that's right. Like mm. a kangaroo sort of thing. Maybe uh, that's what we should be doing. Uh, now I mentioned uh, before we uh, had a little party pie at the halfway house uh, about the LPGA and their thoughts on the ball. Mm-hmm. Because it's big news. I mean, the ball. This is news to me. So. Last week, I reckon I was called to do talks on four radio stations around the country about the ball. It, it, it is a very big deal. People want to know what's going on. Now, the LPGA, it's a different story because the LPGA, they just don't hit the ball as far. Sorry, girls, but that, that is a fact. You hit the ball beautifully and you swing unbelievable, but 
you just don't. Well, I mean, it's like it, us. We don't hit the ball very far either. That's, so. right, that's, exactly, <laughs> that's right. You hit it past yeah. us, which is yeah. fine. Anyway, but I was really interested to see what they'd have to say about whether they would – the LPGA is appreciative of the leadership and the stewardship of the USGA and the RNA on a variety of topics, including distance. So it's just nice little just buttering everybody up there. Mm-hmm. Nice little precursor. Mm, there we go. At this time, we do not see distance as a hindrance towards the growth of the LPGA Tour or to the courses on which we can compete. We intend to explore and examine this proposal during the comment period and beyond from all angles. As always, we will act in accordance with what is best for our players, our partners, our tour, our fans and the women's game overall. We are committed to ensuring the golf course is an equitable place for everybody and our focus will be on helping grow the women's game and providing equal opportunities for girls, women of all ages. That's a no. We're not moving <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Well, when they brought the announcement out, first things first, it's 2026 is yeah. when it may or may not happen. Yeah. Secondly, it's going to be a local rule. Yeah. So you get the choice. Yeah. So the PGA Tour may turn around and say no as well. That's not going to happen, I don't think, because they're in cahoots mm. with the USGA and the mm. RNA and all that, and they all want to play yeah. in the same spirit of the game. But for every elite competition, they're talking elite golfers, yeah. wherever you are in the world, if your club goes... It's a local rule. No, we're not going to do it. Oh, yeah. yes, we will do it. It's yeah. really up to the individual. I wonder if some clubs will do it in club championships mm. versus the Wednesday Stableford event. <laughs> you know? Because you, you, you know this. And, and look, oh, the only time I have experienced it was when we played in Colorado every once in a while in college golf. And the ball would literally, my eight iron used to go 150 yards in Colorado. It went 160, uh, 165 yards. Yep. It, was, it was a very big difference. So changing from one tournament to the next, so let's say the majors, they just said, hey, we're using the, the small ball. Mm-hmm. We just call it the small ball on Talk Birdie to me just for the sake of it, all right? Yep. We're using the small ball in the majors, guys. Get used to it. It'd be a pretty big adjustment, wouldn't it, when you're playing for a major if you've been using the other thing for a while and then all of a sudden you're playing on rock-hard greens, precision's required with the irons, uh, wind, mm. it's a new ball, you don't know exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, it would, it's a big change. It would be, but... Remember, many years ago, there was a small ball yeah. and a larger ball, mm-hmm. and players used to adapt to both as they mm-hmm. go along. And that's the thing about tour pros is, guess what? They're the best at adapting whatever is in front of them. And now, I think it's a bit of a storm mm-hmm. in a teacup, to be honest. Remember when the groove change came in, yep. when they had the, the new rules on that? Everyone was saying, oh, this is going to be terrible, it's huge fuss. Yeah. No one even thought about it about Correct. a week or two after it came out. That That is absolutely correct. Uh, it is time for... Feedback to the editor. Radio now. There's been a few very sarcastic <laughs> people giving their feedback this week. Now, this is all on the comment that we made last week that Scheffler is a lock to win a major. Gary Smith. I've got to say this in a sarcastic voice, so just bear with you. <laughs> Such a bold statement about the number one player in the world who has a win rate recently of one in three events with a laughing emoji. It's actually fair enough. Yeah, right, Gaz, that's a good uh, call. That, that's actually fair enough. Uh, Wayne Duggan, whoever puts the best wins. No, I'm not sure about that. Mm. Not sure. Well, the Masters, yeah. I mean, if, yeah, yeah. if Bubba Watson can win the Masters, then you don't need to putt that well because he's, yeah. he's not the greatest putter out there. I like this one from Daniel Fox, though. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Four winners this year all come from Live Golf. <laughs> oh, that will be too sweet. What would happen? <laughs> what would happen to the world if four Live go- Golfers won the four majors? <sighs> it would turn. Well, it would be the biggest story in sport. Be. Don't but, worry about golf. If four Live Golfers. 
win the four majors, can't see it happening, it'd be the biggest story in, oh, in, in sport. Totally agree. But by a million they're miles. They're going to need to find some form because at the moment they're not in great form. Uh, Anthony Bliss is on our side. Uh, if he don't win a major, I'll be very surprised. Hugh McMillan, good chance, yes. Locke, no. Yeah, that's fair mm. enough. Just a good chance. Uh, Scott Burrell. Burwell? Sorry, Scotty. No such thing as a sure thing. And Rob Creedy. Jordan looking ominous. Do not count out Jason Day either. Agree with the sec. Agree with both. Agree with both. Absolutely. Jordan at the at Augusta, he's always a threat. And the way Jason's been playing of late, mm. just very impressive. Also, by the way, there's yeah. more feedback. We had a poll result because we tweeted out apparently Apparently, last week on last week's pod, because I was up at Cathedral, I yes. murdered, murdered a couple of glasses of Chardonnay. Now, I didn't murder them. I, oh, yes, as I did. said, I coaxed them down convincingly. <laughs> uh, you were in a vigorous agreement that a Chardonnay, Chardonnay man, was yeah. the right choice. Yeah, and right. we sent a poll out. Uh, love a Chardonnay. Sav is better. I'd have gone a red. Make mine a beer. Who now, won? The winner was I'd have gone a red. And typically, I do go a red, but uh, I just felt like a Chardonnay because it was pretty warm up in Cathedral. Oh, it was something like, um, let me see. 23% Chardonnay. 33% yeah. for Gona Red, 23 for Chardonnay. Uh, next was... Make Mine actually, a Beer was Sorry, Make Mine a Beer was 30%, so yeah. a beer almost won. Yeah, right. Eh? Mm. No, not, the sad, Sav not doing too well. No, uh, whatever Sav you're drinking, it, it definitely looked good. Hey, last week you told me you doubled the last to shoot 73 at Cathedral. I did. How's your rest? Are you, I mean, are you playing okay? Is it getting better? Well, I played four days up in a row. and Four uh, days in a row? I'm up, up in a row there, yeah. And uh, it was steady. I shot to two couple unders, and a level par, and 73 was my worst, which was that day. What are you which was why four the days in a row for? What's going on? Was out. Well, we just decided to have a break up that way. It was a lot of fun. Now, speaking of playing, on, uh, you, you've got Box Hill Pro Am this week. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> uh, now you, I've got Box Hill Pro Am on Thursday. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shoot 64 and win by mine. Good. Like uh, and you, are you playing at Ainsbury? I am. I'm playing the Ainsbury Pro-Am this weekend. God, how Look many out. clubs are you going to take down? Uh, 14th depends. or are you going to take your normal well, 8 or 9? If there's a buggy available, I'll use all of them. Otherwise, I'll just use 8 or 9 in a carry bag. Are you 50 yet? No. I'm 51. Hey, yeah, yeah, you can get I'm a buggy, dude. It. Yeah, you're a buggy man. <laughs> no, a push, push buggy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's time for the top five. Clutch putts, the most memorable clutch putts of all time, the top five. Oh, yeah, we and spoke. Again, it's debatable, but this is what I have come up with. There Number five. Be, there better be one bloke I'm I know. thinking of. Well, of course. With the silhouette that it's he... It's got to be. Anyway, here you go. Let I'll me let, go. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Let me go. Okay, number five, 2014, the miracle at Medina, Martin Keimer, holding oh. an eight-foot putt on the last green with his team watching. Now, team events, <sighs> you feel the pressure. Individual, you obviously feel the pressure, but team events, you feel it even more. Were that they was one four of the best. or five down to start the day? The Miracle at Medina, they yep. were 10-6 down to start ten. the day. They were actually 10-4 down the night before, and they won the last two points oh. to get to 10-6. Well done, and then Keimer. all of a sudden, Europe came back to win, and it that's was all decided. Five. That's number five. That was a clutch putt. There's wow, some good right ones in here, okay. and again, it's all up for conjecture. Uh, going back a fair way, I just can't escape this one. Sebi Ballesteros, 1984, the old course St. Andrews, 18th green, and that silhouette. There's another silhouette, by the way, of him, the fist pump, yeah. and he was saluting the crowd like a matador at a bullfight. It was just one of the most amazing scenes I have seen in golf. The happiest putt ever hit. You'd have to say so. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was a classic. Yep. It was a classic. Uh have to get an Aussie in here, by the way. I'm good. Adam Scott. Ah, 2013. 
2013 Masters, second yeah. playoff hole. Stevie Williams saying, no, it breaks more. It, it's a cup outside. It's a, it breaks more. And luckily, Scotty listened to him and drained that putt to beat Angel Cabrera in the playoff. Were you, were you here or over there? I was that? over there in the US flying back from uh, – I was actually playing a yeah. Corn Ferry Tour event yeah. that, that week. Yeah. I watched it in a garage across the road uh, on Washington, Washington right <laughs> out the front. <laughs> uh, but back here, yeah. that was the – one of the biggest things that mm. happened in sport. Oh, it was incredible. It was huge. It was incredible. And that's number three. So cool. imagine what the first two are going to be. Oh, You've got to think I'm about this. Yeah. I don't think you'll get this next one. Surely one's Mark Allen. No. <laughs> <laughs> to make the cut to on make the a cut the Fox Hill Pro-Am. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. No, we're going back to 1999. 99. The US Open. Oh, yeah. Payne Stewart. Oh! Payne Stewart. There's a statue of him. There's a statue of him at, at Pinehurst. At Pinehurst. Number two course. That 15-footer. Up the hill to defeat Phil, Phil Mickelson, Mickelson and the famous, you know, shot of him holding Phil Mickelson's face in his hand saying, yeah. you're going to be a father. It was just one of the most amazing putts I've seen. And, and we're actually close friends with Payne's widow, Tracy, who was yeah, an Australian. Australian. She's an Aussie lady, Mary, lovely lady. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Ferguson. Mike Ferguson's yeah, sister. There you go. There you so go. she was down here recently too. Was uh, she? Tra- uh, Tracy, yeah, it was good to catch up with her. I actually so. saw Mike Ferguson a month ago. He's oh. going well. He's doing really – he hasn't aged – a bit, Mike Ferguson. Yeah, God, incredible. what a swing he had. Oh, I used to yeah. love his golf swing. But Payne Stewart, may he rest in peace. That was one of the most uh, amazing putts of all time. And, of course, number one, it cannot be anyone other than Tiger Woods. Tiger. Now, can we, I guess? I, no, well, I'm going to give you two. And the second you one. You've got to give me two. Well, I need There's to, two number ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. This really isn't in even in the top right. five. But it's one of the most, I think, underrated putts. We were talking about those clutch five, six yeah. footers earlier. 2000, Bob May had to make the five footer to oh, get yeah. in the playoff. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was an amazing putt that he yeah. hit at Valhalla. Yeah. Anyway, that's not my number one. Yeah. Obviously, it's 2008, US yeah. Open, Torrey Pines. To hold a putt from 12 feet on that green. Bumpy. They were, they were like broccoli. They yeah. were like broccoli, Bumpy, those greens. Bro- Poana, greens. Yeah. late on a Sunday, the sun setting. Downhill. For him to get his third shot onto that 18th green at Torrey Pines to actually have a look at it because he was yeah. in the right rough, remember? Yeah. It was just incredible and one of the greatest clutch putts of all time. It and was. then he went on the next day to defeat Rocco Mediate yep. in extra hot. Well, they right. had an 18-hole playoff <laughs> and then they had to go extra again. So they actually played uh, 91 holes. Something like that. <laughs> 90 holes wasn't enough. 91 holes. And he did that with a broken leg. Yeah. I have doubts whether that leg was broken. Well, it was. You know, Ratif Goosen does too because he made a comment earlier in the yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> you can't win a US Open with a broken leg. It was crazy. Uh, so. By the way, how about Rocco Mediate turning up uh, in the playoff with a black pants and a red shirt. Oh, reckon, yes. that's, one of, that's one of the biggest stuff use. <laughs> stick your stick you. That's, that's one of the biggest. Well, do you uh, think he you thought? Well, maybe Tiger. Has, he's already used his red shirt. He's not going to use it again. Yeah. But you, you knew no. he was going to. Yeah. I knew. I never would wear a red shirt whenever I play with Tiger just because I didn't didn't want to piss him off. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and which kind of leads us on to our masterclass. Okay, well, let's get going. Right, yeah, hey, just before you do your masterclass, uh, I've got this little uh, tweet from Vito. Good on you, Vito. Thanks for listening. Boys, I've been told to do the same by my coach. This is after last week's masterclass right. when I was telling people to cut the right arm close. Skittish. I'm a left-hander, so left arm. It works. One question, does it restrict the length of your backswing? P.S. Great podcast. Uh, with another bloke, the ox. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't supposed to read that. Um <laughs> 
I think it does. When I try and keep my right arm close to my chest in the follow-through, it actually makes me keep my right arm close to my chest or rib cage on the backswing as well. So, Vito, I think it does. I think it does make you uh, swing a little shorter. Anyway, that's mm. enough of that. That was a great tip last week on Scotty Scheffler and his golf swing. But this week, this it's all about big. putting. Oh, clutch it's putting. about putting. Clutch putting. Making putts when you have to. And we saw it. Obviously, Michaluzzi making his putts to win the New South Wales Open. Taylor Moore, that mm. putt on the last to win. And obviously, the top five we just did, mm. which was the must-make putts, the best of all time. But how do you do it? Well, quite simply, must-make putts is all about the mental side of the game because most people, when they get over those must-make putts, they think, I have to make it. I must make it. And that creates tension and then your rhythm suffers. If you ever mm. watch someone who's putting these short ones and they don't put a good stroke on it, it's all because the backswing and the follow-through have very poor rhythm. Usually it's a slow backswing and a fast follow-through or sometimes you go fast on the way back, slow and on the way the through. Way. I saw Jordan Spieth do that a little bit, mm. obviously, on the weekend at Valspar. He yeah. actually looks at the hole sometimes on those short putts too, which is quite yeah. interesting. Just before you go any further, I saw Doug Barron actually do the other one where it was a really accelerating mm. too much and too pushed much. it way right yeah. to get into a playoff with Ernie Els. Yeah, so the way to get good rhythm on the way back, and this is where golf is quite a mental game, obviously, because the ball is stationary, it's not moving, is you must react to the putt. So you were trying to react to the hole, and the best way to do that is to, whenever you have your last look up at the hole, as you bring your eyes back to the ball, start the stroke immediately. If you pause when you come back to the ball, that's when the thoughts start, that's when the demons come, and that's when the rhythm suffers. So mm. after your last look at the hole, as your eyes come back to the ball, start the stroke immediately. That will promote great rhythm back and through, and I guarantee you're going to hold a lot more putts. I love the sound of that. Just make it all about uh, your brain. Mm. Mental. Very much so. <laughs> Very good. You're a star. Good on you, Nick. Good to see you again. Great fun talking golf with you every single week. And you, Mark. Can't wait for next week. Oh boy, now that is what we call a big week in golf. And we'll keep trying to get a hold of David Michaluzzi. It's been a great week for him. And Nick and Mark are determined to get him on the phone and have a chat to him. If you can help us out, we'd love it. Click on subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. Every share means it's a lot less likely that Nick and Mark will need to start OnlyFans because nobody needs to see that. We're back next week, live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley of Kaizen Media. Sound design by Daryl Misson of loudzebra.com. Hey, uh, Marco, do, yeah. you wanna, do you want to actually give Micker a ring? We might be able to get him on. Uh, I've, I've pestered him already. <laughs> I've called him twice and I've sent a long text message Ooh, okay. telling him that we've got the best golf podcast in Australia. <laughs> I just, I've done it all. I Very don't know cool. what to do. Right. Well, we'll get him on later this week. It's yeah. all good. Do you reckon? Uh, let's hope. Let's hope he's, uh, you know, feeling chipper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is. Three-time winner. <laughs> 